1981, there was a murder so shocking that it changed the entertainment world forever, yet the killer was never brought to justice. Now, almost 40 years later, we're reopening the case, reviewing old leads as well as new evidence, to try and make sense of a killing which gave rise to a massacre. The who, what, why, and how of when video killed the radio star. Welcome to the Radio Star Murders. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the Radio Star Murders. This is a podcast where we are looking at music videos and trying to decide if video did kill the radio star. Right now, we are moving up to 1999. We're going to be doing these in themes that we uh, we did the movies for the last one. Now we're going to be doing a couple music videos from 1999, which is a turning point in all of our lives. We're joined by Clay, as always. Clay, how are you? I'm good. I uh, This is the first one that I, I'm actively cursing you for, because it's going to be... I mean, I don't know if it's ever really left anybody's head since they've heard it, if it's just perpetually stuck there. Because um, it's one of those songs where, uh, along with... Uh, another song that I won't mention um, by a group of naked women, at least that's what they call themselves, um, that can can generate an entire day's worth of fuck you based on just the opening line of the song. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I'm very excited. And we don't might not even need to play the music for this one. If we just like say the first word, everybody will just do the work for us. I, m- I might just cut in his clip of, uh, of that coming in. So it, it's an iconic <laughs> opening. It's one of those... Um, if I knew what the interval was, it would probably be a good way to remember. Like the Simpsons opening, the Simpsons is the tritone. Mm-hmm. I know that, mm-hmm. uh, but that's something that they t- they teach him in music school. So I'm sure there's some interval that he's doing there. Obviously, there's an interval. But we're talking about uh, Smash Mouth's All Star, and we're t- talking about 1999, which is um, a great year. It, I, I only I only realize that it's been the tw- it's the 20 years, obviously, uh, as we're recording this. That wasn't the reason why I chose it, but it's a it's a super bizarre uh, year in music history, I think, by looking at like yeah. some of the songs we're going to be doing and all these songs that were potentially we were able to do. It's um, I would describe it as a transitional year for music. I think it and- is. It is definitely a year where everybody forgot how colors work. <laughs> And and um, Hawaiian shirts were big. Where like Hawaii, yeah. everyone was wearing floral print Hawaiian shirts the, at this point. The bowling shirt renaissance. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna get into all that and more. Um, we're talking about All Star by Smash Mouth, um, which is an enormous hit. Uh, that to expose my hand, I don't really understand why it became an enormous hit. Um, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the video. But let's get into the song here, Clay, which came mm. out on May 4th, 1999. It hit, It peaked at number four on the Billboard chart to the Hot 100. It's a, a song by American rock band Smash Mouth. And it's pretty much the, the pinnacle of the 90s, I think. Like, I, what I think of 99 uh, as a transitional year, like grunge and everything was dying out, right? Like the traditional yep. alternative scene that you think of of the 90s is dying out. And 
this was an era that I think of as there's a lot of bands that sound like Smash Mouth in this period. Like I think Sugar Ray is another one that's basically the same idea. And what seemed to be happening with a lot of rock bands was they were, they were coming into the grunge scene and like the sort of alternative metal scene too late. And Mm. The the scene was crowded. So what a couple of these bands found was they they just came up with these sort of like adult rock pop song sounds and they became huge hits for some reason. Like Sugar Ray is yeah. built off that. Like Sugar Ray was like a like a thrash band or something before they came out with with Fly. <laughs> and apparently it's the same thing with um this band in like Walking on the Sun. Their their first hit Walking on the Sun was like nothing like what the rest of the album sounded like. But yeah, every which, hit, every hit they did after that sounds like Walking on the Sun, which I will say is a song that I did legitimately like when it came out, and I actually listened to it again last night. Still pretty good. I uh, I have this quote here. I, I'll put a link to this. They have an oral history on Rolling Stone about uh, All Star and Steve Harwell, who's the the lead singer of. Um, Smash Mouth says this. He's talking about Walking on the Sun, which is all the more interesting. But mm-hmm. he says, Walking on the Sun changed music. It changed the way people listen to music. I've talked to other artists over the years, and they said the day that that song came on the radio, they were like, we are fucked. It was so different and what? so unusual, and it was so special. It just had that sound that we created. Ask anybody that's tried to copy us. You can't. You just can't. So that's him not even talking about their biggest hit. That's him talking about like their their opening single that came out, which is Walking on the Sun. I think everything about that is bombastically untrue and sort of like amazingly um, full of himself. But it's like it's basically like a '60s lounge song with a with a modern hook on top of it. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know why he thinks it's you know reinventing the wheel here. I mean it, but it does. It is. It's like the harbinger for this era of rock sounds like i i think of when i think of um this age it's the dying out of the alternative scene and everything this is kind of when like the record companies started to catch on to what was going on and they commercialized it a lot like yeah. this is a very commercial era of music with smash mouth and all the oh, po- time. all yeah. the big hit pop songs are fairly unoffensive sort of jangly jingle songs is the way I would describe them like All Star is pretty much perfectly that I think that I think that as a song All Star is the lyrics are fine but it's an unbelievably boring song which is what surprises me that it did so well yeah it's um, it's it, really the only thing it has going for is it's super catchy and uh, you know it's got a great chorus that sticks in your brain um, there's a <laughs> There's a great SNL skit from uh, uh, around this time, I think, where Will Ferrell is playing the devil and uh, Garth Brooks is trying to sell his soul to the devil for a hit song, but the devil keeps writing terrible songs, <laughs> and uh, he's he's getting really frustrated. And he sits down and he's just trying to like stream of consciousness, and he goes, "Hey you, you're a nice guy. You're a nice guy. Hey, ah, damn it." <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's uh, it's it's super catchy. It's it w- would it surprise you that this was featured on three movie soundtracks? I forgot about Mystery Man. I completely not, not only forgot did I forget too, yeah. about not only did I forget that that it was in the movie. I'm assuming because they feature very heavily in the video. Um, but I for, I completely forgot about that movie. Full stop. I did too. Um, it's been 20 years, as we say, though. I remember Shrek is the, the yes. thing that I think sticks out the yeah. most. I, I barely remember Mystery Men, which is all the more funny that 
this is not a music video that features Shrek, but instead features the Ben Affleck uh, comedy Mystery Men, where he dresses up like a superhero along with a lot of other which, comedians. Which, uh, for all of our Star Trek fans, features a cameo from Doug Jones as Pencilhead. Oh, that's who it is. I, I was yeah. trying to. <laughs> that's who it is. I was trying to figure out why he looks so familiar. It's him as Pencilhead. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pencilhead's great. All Star is. Um, I, if I grant you that it's a it's the hook is catchy, I like yeah. the the lyrics of the hook annoy me on some on some level. Yeah. Like I like I was talking about the the commercialization of it, but it's basically like become a rock star, get paid is the second line of the chorus. Yes. and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I find this song to be so empty and i was trying to think of like what i would respect in a pop song and uh something that i think would be kind of similar but is like the total opposite of what i'm talking talking about here was the song uh somebody that i used to know by gotier that came out a couple mm. years ago they still mm-hmm. play that song if you go to the grocery store you hear it seven times before you're out of the grocery <laughs> store it's overplayed and it's kind of fucked out and everything but I can understand why that song is a hit because it's kind of unique and original Mm. and like there's something really interesting about it. It's also, it's very poppy in that you can sing along to it, but there's also something to think about. All Star is the opposite to me. It's like this very generic, bland song that has a catchy hook and was in so many movies that you're unable to escape it from like cultural memory, I think. Yeah, and it's got that that guitar sound to it where it's like... uh, Post-ska. Yeah, and it's like an A&R guy was like, man, we really love this big wall of distorted guitar sound that's been happening in, in, in rock, but what if we just made it like really quiet and unoffensive? Yeah. So it's like really distorted guitar, but it's it's not it's not so loud that it feels heavy, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just sort of like, it's just sort of like taking up the background uh, to imply rock and roll, but not actually being <laughs> rock and roll. It always, it always reminds me of... Um it reminds me of just the ska influence. Like with with the ska was big in the mid '90s. This is kind of the way that it came out of it. It's sort of a it's sort of a light guitar tone, I guess, on top of it with that sort of upbeat um, strumming that they do in ska. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's very sparse and very empty and everything like that. And then they kick into the you know the grunge holdovers that the chorus gets loud, and that's when they're basically doing their version of uh, yelling into it. But it's, yeah, and it even 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 that it's like the the singer's voice is this weird like very inoffensive approximation of like a hardcore kind of voice where it's he's not screaming but he's just kind of like he's got this lower thing going on anyway yeah, yeah. that's it, it's it's definitely a different sound um but i also forgot that smash mouth did uh, a cover of the song can't get enough of you baby for the the can't hardly wait soundtrack mm-hmm. these guys i guess were the king of soundtracks in the <laughs> late 90s yeah it was, but it was that, a good era think, to be on soundtracks a lot of movies yeah yeah um, you know, represent Godzilla, the greatest movie soundtrack ever. Um, but it's uh, and I, I listened to that song too because I completely forgot about that song as well. And I realized I think the the thing that was so stood out about their sound was that they used like an electric keyboard from the '60s because mm-hmm. all of their songs feature that very heavily, and that is a, it's a very distinctive sound. Um, and I guess, yeah, they changed the face of music with a, an old Fender Rhodes keyboard and a, a raspy vocal, I guess. It's all about just going back to a time before the pop popular kids remember, and then you reinvent that sound and you, you claim yeah. it to be your own, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I think it's a very... 
1999 is a really interesting, weird year for music, I think. And I don't particularly like this song, but I think that it's hard to argue this is like one of the biggest hits of that era. And like looking at the video, when we can go into the video, like it's just, it's just so 1999. It's shocking this is 20 years ago, but the guy's got this like thin chin strap beard, right? His, his pants have 17 more pockets than you actually need in a pair of pants. And his, um, it's like if John Popper designed pants. <laughs> if, if he had lost his harmonica collection, this is exactly the kind of uh, pants that Popper would be wearing. He's, he's kind of. And it's like you're saying, it's like everyone's wearing a bowling shirt and just mm-hmm. walking around kind of in a, you know, it kind of, it's the, the way they're dressing reminds me of like, if you were to go to a Halloween costume as a ska band, I think is like how you would wear how, what the kind of clothing that they're wearing. It yeah. doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like the grunge era or anything like that. It feels like they're trying to be a, a thing again in a way that grunge yeah. was trying to move away from. It feels like the band is aware of what they're doing and they're trying to be this fashion statement. Um, and that's, but outside of that, the video, uh, and I'll throw it to you, the video, I think it's a pretty boring video, actually. Um, and the Mystery Men thing completely was something I was lost to time. I forgot that they were in this at all. Yeah, the fashion sense is weird because it's like, it's, it's a cool look that's trying to uh, complement this sort of throwback sound. But they all just look like, you know, kind of like the creepy uncle at a party. Yeah. You know, with their their big bowling shirts and stuff, and that beard is something to behold. It's like <laughs> it, it looks like it looks like he went in and got prepped for a facelift and then just left. Right? They do, they put the marker on his face when he was when, where they're going to make the incisions or something. Yeah. Yeah, and his whole look. He, I mean, it, it does look like it, it's he's wearing someone else's face. I, it's it looks like he's Guy Fieri wearing a face he found on the floor at a billabong outlet. <laughs> He does look like uh, Guy Fieri. He's, he, you know, he's, it's the Which 90s. Which surprises me. Like this, this whole, this whole thing feels like frosted tips come to life. Yes, so I can't yes. believe that he doesn't have frosted tips. He's got the gel. He just doesn't have frosted. tips. He, he must yeah. have been proto. He's halfway there. Yeah, he's, he must have been proto. There was a lot of hair gel sold in 1999. I remember my high school days. There was a lot of hair gel involved in that. Yeah. Right? Did you ever use hair gel? I did. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hated it because. I think we've talked about this off the podcast. I hate like lotions of all kind and mm, hair gel is no yes, different me to me. Um, and so when I have hair gel and all I can think about is how it feels like there's hair gel in my hair. Yeah. yeah. I, I did. I did briefly in high school. I was terrible at it. I was like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. No, no. Uh, but it involved hair gel in like a, 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 a brief blow drying period. And it was just, <laughs> it was not great. Yeah. Same. It's, um, yeah, and they used to sell the hair gel. Like kids would compare like the hold level of the hair gels for whatever yes. reason. Like if you need to, <laughs> if you need to spear somebody with your head. But it, hair gels kind of died out, at least in the uh, the middle class white com- uh, culture. I think that I exist yeah. in. It might exist yeah. in other. I, luckily, I I decided to stop. You know, trying to keep up when people started getting blowouts. Do you mm. remember the blowout? Yes. I yep. just was like, I'm out. I'm I'm out of this school in like a year and a half. I don't need to deal with any of this stuff. You only have so much time in the morning. Yeah, that that takes 20, yeah, 25 minutes to get all that stuff done. <laughs> who's, who's got the time for that? The yeah, uh, um, go, yeah. Go uh, ahead. I was just gonna say, I I don't know why every music video from this era has the same color scheme, but it is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my. It's like, it's like they just discovered digital actually probably what it is is they just discovered digital color timing and realized that they can just crank the, the contrast and everything up on their film and have it make it look like everything's oversaturated you know. everything yeah, is just it's super like, saturated yeah 
again, it's like you took Fight Club, which was had a really popular aesthetic, and we're like, yeah, but what if what if kids could watch it? Mm-hmm. I think, and it's it's directed by McGee, the movie director. I don't know if he. I don't know if he directed Mystery Men. I, I don't care to look it up, but. Uh, yeah, who uh, would go on to direct Charlie's Angels and uh, the Genesis, I'm right? I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the underrated Terminator Salvation. Oh, Salvation, right, not Genesis, yeah. I, I don't think I've seen it, um, but it was not popular it's like, when it came out. It's like three-fifths of a good movie. Okay. I, 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 that's pretty good for a recent Terminator movie, I guess. Would be yeah, it's not bad. It's probably one of the, it's probably the, the better of the post- uh, uh, Cameron Terminator movies. So, I mean, the, the, does the music video mean anything to you? Like, I'm. No, I told you, I forgot it existed. When I, it was one of those things where it's like I was talking about it with uh, with our uh, two of our friends, uh, Laura and Meredith, last night because they are aficionados of 1999, and I've been I've been calling on them for for assistance in picking songs and, and just their points of view of certain things. And why? And just I, because I, that's like of their was that they like just peak really music? They, they just really like that era, I guess. Okay, yeah. Um, but uh, I was saying to them, I don't. Before I watched it for for the show, I was like, I don't know if I've ever actually seen the music video for this because I was thinking of Shrek, and I couldn't picture a music video for this song. But as soon as I hit play, I was like, oh my god, yes, of course, I've seen this video a million times. It's just it doesn't stick because there's nothing remarkable about it. Like there's no story to like it's just this weird mishmash of stuff where it reminds, he goes in and yeah. saves a dog out of a weird red burning house <laughs> but also and then not in time smash some cars they, they, what's funny about the dog saving the dog from the fire is that there's a lyric later on where he talks about being too hot for the fire and i was oh, like yeah. why didn't they time that up with the the saving of the thing that was my that was my only takeaway it reminds me of um there's the Green Day Walking Contradiction video. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. This kind of reminds uh, me of that. Is it the warning? No, it's every morning live that warning where the guys like. No, I'm that. I think yeah, it must be a different one. Uh, the Green Day's Walking Contradiction is like the song is all sort of like uh, hip, like um, oxymoronic lyrics. Um, talk oh, okay. is yeah, cheap, but lies are expensive. But the, the music video is them kind of walking through the scene where like bad luck things are happening to all all mm. the people all around them. It just reminds me of that of this guy like walking through this like obviously artificial um, environment that's a set and sort of nonsense is happening around him like there's cheerleaders, uh, there's a tipped over school bus. He's the gist of the video is that he's like the all star hero who's going to save the day, which isn't really what the song is about. Uh, the song mm-hmm. is more about like lyrically, I think the song is okay. It's about like go your own path and you know do whatever you want to do and don't listen to other people and stuff like that. Like the the, the brightest stars break the mold is the the point of the song um but the video is just whatever and then they mix in the mystery men stuff some of which is just ripped from the movie with the cast inserted like the or the band inserted into the scene mm-hmm. um it's just kind of uh, stupid there's a lot of really great shots of of clearly stand-ins for the for the cast of the movie because they only shoot them from behind yes yep yep the, the ending shot is that which is uh, very obvious and then um yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, the, the video is, it's more the, like the aesthetic is the only thing that sticks out to me about it, how, like how in the late 90s it sounds or feels. Yeah, it's this weird just pastiche of, of color and, and, and just stuff. It, like, 
I, it, it feels like the earlier days of MTV, oddly enough, where like every set for every show was just someone who walked into like a thrift store mm. and grabbed a bunch of stuff from like the 60s where it's like, oh, we'll put a bowling trophy up here and then right. then uh, a radio and one, and one of those like vinyl chairs and table sets from like the 50s. And, you know, it's just like it, there's not really a super a rhyme. Or I just realized now that they're all wearing bowling shirts and they're singing in front of a giant thing of trophies, which I assume are bowling trophies. <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? It's like this weird, this weird pastiche of, of 50s stuff, but also like modern things in some senses where like they've got this stretch Corvette limo, which was, that was, that was very cool. I would like to see that car. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't remember the movie. I don't remember if the movie, if Mystery Men has that sort of vibe to it. Uh... But the mystery men don't feel out of place. Let's put it that way. No, I, the, I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think mystery men really had that vibe. It's more just like what a, it was such a weird, like I'll say it again, just transitional style period. Like the the style of this era has not aged well. Like no one no, dresses like no, this. Like you, you'll you'll still see people dressing like uh, grunge Seattle people. You know that's still mm. something that's a holdover. Um, and you still see kind of like the uh, what came after this, which would be like the new metal phase, which isn't really popular at this point. But you can still see people who like clearly listen to new metal. <laughs> yeah, the guy from Smash Mouth does look like he lost 50 pounds, went to the gym, and became the guy from Papa Roach. Yeah, or um, the Drowning Pool guy. Uh, yes, the, the, yeah. They're all very, very similar faces uh, with very similar haircuts and everything like that. Yeah, it's just uh, like th- these guys kind of look like the the ugly version of lit you know like it's, it's like <laughs> if you think about that big lit song the video where they're in the bowling alley literally like yeah. they're they're wearing bowling shirts but they're in a bowling alley that's based off the 60s or 70s um uh-huh. these guys kind of look like the ugly version of that and i think the lit song is a better song than this like why why do you think this song got so big i they play this song everywhere still to this day and it's just to me it's just not a song that I have like no personal emotional relationship to it. I remember it, but I think it's kind of a dumb song and I think it's kind of mm-hmm. like an ugly, boring song to listen to. It's just it's such it's it's just the most blandest song I think possible to make it as big as it possibly did. Yeah, I think it's just it's got that that perfect mix of inoffensive music, uh, catchy hook, uh, lyrics you know, vaguely, vaguely affirmative lyrics about being uh, ambiguously, you know, doing your best. Um, it's kind of, ta- it's kind of tailor made for uh, for um, commercials, you know, because yeah, you can just yeah. drop in, you can drop in the the hook, or you can drop in even that doop 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 doop, doop like that. I would pop up and stuff every. You don't even need to use the lyrics. Um, the the song the song is kind of like a much more positive version of Thunder by Imagine Dragons. <laughs> it is, yes. It, well, it's not uh, vindictive like Thunder yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it was just uh, catchy and easily digestible, and you know the sound was of its era enough that it just it just uh, clicked with people. You know. Hmm. That's interesting. I'll be I'll be interested because we. We have our list of what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the 99, and we'll expose mm. what the next one is shortly. But they're not all bad songs, I wouldn't say. They're certainly of the era, and it's. I think that what, what's most unique about this theme is uh, we can now say that it's maybe the 20th anniversary of it, and that's the reason why we're doing it. But it's a very... 
it's a pretty eclectic year of music. Um, yeah, it's all it's all really weird. It you is know, really weird. Like yeah. I like I said at the beginning, it's the year where everybody forgot how colors work. And I think it's the year that everybody that everybody who was in in charge of music, the music industry, just completely lost control of the ship. Like they had no idea what worked. Um, and so you have all of these weird, different, varying things coming out, and just they're trying stuff, and some stuff isn't working. But like you said, I think they eventually started to figure it out and managed to start packaging it very, very effectively. Like. Uh, um, once you start getting into the uh, era or the rise of the boy bands and, and Britney Spears and stuff like that, it's like they've really pinned it down. Like all of those songs were written by the same guy, basically. So once they figured out what worked, they just ran with it. I think pop music actually was more consistent than rock music was. Yes. Because rock music was, yeah, because yeah, rock music was really starting to flail around. Because like you said, grunge was over. Um, you know, you've got, if you just, Alternative, I, I was, classical uh, alternative, I think, is, has ended by this point. Like, there's no, it doesn't even have to be grunge, but it can be, um, yeah, what, yeah. what I think of as like the 90s rock sound, which would be like, I don't, I wouldn't really consider Stone Temple Pilots grunge, I don't think. They kind of sound mm-hmm. grungy, but I don't consider them to be a grunge band, but I, I like them and Smashing Pumpkins and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I was, uh, I was looking it up. I forget why I was looking it up, but I, I was looking at a poster from Woodstock 99 that had the list of people who played at Woodstock 99. Talk about a weird list. Like, I, 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 it was just a really random group of people that kind of was indicative of how weird rock music was at the time in, in 1999. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then once they figured out how to uh, repackage it, they kind of, you know, homogenized it and turned it into whatever the early 2000s was, which was not great either. But. Well, this, is, this also, to me, kind of signifies the end of, like, a big long stretch of genre like to me it feels like yeah. the, the grunge scene was around for a while and then metal was before that in the 80s and then you know like it felt like there were very distinct powerful yes. eras in music this is probably just like blinding me by nostalgia or like this is my own personal take on it but when you get to 99 every um every sort of fad that comes through feels like it happens lightning quick and then is gone very quickly. Um, And this feels like the start of that. It feels like the transition into that kind of like, what's the hot thing that's going to happen this week and how long is it going to last? Oh, it lasted three weeks in the summer of 1999 and now it's over. Yeah, and I think there's some, some bits that follow through like, you know, at a certain point, people started adding DJs to their rock group, and then like that music kind of went away. But people still kept using DJs for some reason, mm-hmm. and it turned into you know something even more awful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as far as like genres go, it does. Once you get to the end of the '90s, genre becomes a much smaller work. Like I, I think you can get into all of these like subgenres. But I think the reason that there's so many subgenres is because there's not a there's not many overarching large genres, if that right. makes sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're all microcosms that aren't necessarily spun off from a bigger zeitgeist thing. It's yeah. just you know well, these guys use these guys use a, D- a DJ. Well, these guys do wear kind masks. Of a throwback. There thing. was a big era for masks. Yeah, these guys yeah. wear masks. Oh, these guys. Yeah, they use uh, keyboard sound from the '60s and play in loungewear. You know. It wasn't. I don't. I feel like unless I'm misremembering things, I feel like it wasn't until like the Strokes came around, yeah. where where rock music finally got like another 
genre, like hard genre you could point to. That's that still felt not very popular though. That felt like an underground true. rock yeah. movement when there was the Strokes and the Hives and things like that. Yeah. That like garage rock think, sound. I think it's because rock music in general just didn't have the cachet that it used to. I think uh, pop music got really big in the 90s. I think R&B got huge. Rap got huge. And I think rock music has ever... I would say ever since the decline of grunge, rock music has been kind of falling further and further to the background. You know, it's just... I, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, turn to a snob about it or anything, but, like, as far as, like... Capital R, capital, capital R, capital R, rock and roll music is just, it's just not what it used to be. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want to sound like an old guy. I'm not saying that for better or worse. It's just a fact. Yeah. All genres die. Um, you know, we were just around for rock and roll. So it seems like it was the kind of music that would never die. And, uh, yeah. it's pretty much gone at this point, which is not, you know, there's going to be rock influenced acts and everything, uh, like that. Like I would say Smash Mouth is a rock influenced, <laughs> rock influenced yeah. act, but it's just a... Yeah, I mean, we'll wrap it up there. It's just if it seems to me like they, see, like who was buying CDs at this point might have had some kind of impact too. You know, like this is a big peak CD era, and mm-hmm. maybe this is the kind of hit that, like, you know, the forty-year-old soccer mom is also buying in addition to the kids at that point. Yeah. Like it might have been that kind of a song that a lot of different people were buying, and that propelled it and it became its own self-perpetuated thing. But outside of that, I think it's just a really forgettable song and video. Yeah, I, I think CD buying is a big thing too. Yeah, because I, I do remember at the time, I knew when Eminem was over, was when my mom went out and bought the clean edit of an Eminem. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right, well, I guess he's done. Sat back with an O'Doul's uh, non-alcoholic beer and just enjoyed <laughs> the smooth tempo and beats of mm. Slim Shady. This woman Kim sounds lovely. <laughs> He's only got good things to say about her in this song. Um, let's see. So, yeah, we'll, we'll call it there. Did uh, did video kill the radio star for this song, Clay? Um, no, I don't. I, I, this song is just completely outlasted and blew away the video. I mean, the video may as well not even exist. Yeah, yeah. The, the video might as well just be clips of even more clips of Mystery Men, and then we'd yeah, be happy with it and it'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the video is incredibly forgettable. It's not. Ooh, like if someone were to say like list all the the uh, 1999 songs and videos that you think of the videos that you think of this would definitely not be anywhere near the top um, in terms of the stuff that I would come out with and I think like the one we're going to be discussing next week it's much the, the one where just if if I'm right I might be wrong about this but uh, you might be wrong because I think I've changed my pick well if we, if we do eventually just a lot of the videos are I can I remember the video being an iconic part of the song for this era like I remember Yes. Um, Eminem is my name is the video was like a big I never heard the song without the video would be the way to uh, describe that um, yeah I would agree I don't think that video killed the radio star in this way I don't think uh, I think it saw the song and thought that it wasn't a worthy target of bringing down it's like a predator call it was like it's unarmed I'm not going to do anything <laughs> to it um, and the video is just kind of forgettable and bland and very very 90s that's the only reason that I would say it's worth checking out yeah yeah, very 90s is, a, is an interesting way to put it because it is from 1999. And I think 1999 had its, like, totally its own thing. Yes. Like, it, it's, co- it's sort of like the, um, uh, like the, like, Roadhouse and stuff that came out in 1980, or Terminator that came out in, like, 89 and stuff is not really an, an 80s movie. You know what I mean? I may be wrong about Terminator, but there, there are movies that are like that, that you're like. Yeah, I know what you mean. They yeah. blend into the next 
genre. They blend into the next decade. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like I, I, like Alien came out in 1979, but right. it doesn't feel like a 70s movie. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I, I know we're in trouble if, if this look starts coming back. Um, <laughs> you haven't held on to your bowling shirts? No. I mean, well, now I probably should start wearing them if, just to cover how much weight I've put on in the last handful of years. But Just uh, start shaving into a chin strap, get those on, and we are going to bring back the style of the late 90s. And, oh, uh, that beard, be man. We could, have done, we could have done 20 minutes just talking about that beard. <laughs> it's a lot the of work. The only person who pulls that beard off now is David Ortiz. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, get well soon, David Ortiz, also, mm. at this point. Um, yeah. Let's see. I think we're done with this. We talked about the video. We talked about the song. We talked about whether or not it works. And I think we're going to be moving on. So, Clay, do you want to say what your pick for the next video we're going to discuss from 1999 is? Yes, your comment still stands, even though I think it might be for a different video. Next week, we'll be talking about Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the direct opposite of this song, where it's like the, the video is arguably more important than the song was yeah yeah it's probably it's probably lasted more in the cultural memory so we're going to be doing that baby one more time britney spears will be back with that next week so guys thank you very much for listening this is the radio star murders you can show your support by subscribing checking it out on youtube i think this is going to be the first one where uh we're going to be playing the music of the song underneath our commentary here um at least on the mp3 download version if you want to see the video you can go to the youtube version and check it out there but there's not going to be any song in the youtube version for obvious reasons because youtube will take it down so yeah, there's a little bit we're of trying to we're trying to give you everything without getting snagged by the copyright people right so, so you have to go to two places to get the whole idea uh yeah, which is maybe double a, dipping <laughs> which is maybe a little bit inconvenient but depending on your mood you can either listen to the song or you can watch the video and Clay's going to vape in the background and we're going to continue come listen to our video and our podcast guys thank you very much for uh, for listening thank you for supporting somebody. the show <laughs> somebody it's time to go and we'll see you next time <laughs> <laughs>